Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson. Belly up to my bar here. Let's chat about all the things you want to chat about today. Because today is Twitter Thursday. Yay! Um, It's recording a little later. No no reason why. Schedule's just a little different today for whatever reason. No biggie. You'll get this probably a little half hour, maybe later than usual. No biggie. Check out the rest of the Locked On Network. I always remind you to do that. Locked On NFL Draft in particular this week for the Senior Bowl. Speaking of Senior Bowl, I've been watching five hours of coverage each night on from NFL Network. A lot to take from that. Tomorrow, I am going to do a Senior Bowl recap um, of practices. You know that, like I said, practices are the key here. Uh, we I will watch the game over the weekend, of course. But I think tomorrow we'll do more Senior Bowl talk. Uh, just some things I've noticed from these three practices, talking to people, what I've seen on the coverage, uh, things they've told us, and, you know, as well as uh, stuff I've read around the internet. Obviously, a lot of good information out there to go off of. But right now, it is Twitter Thursday. And who is going to be first on the list? Brian Parker at Discreet Mayhem. What position do you think the Panthers need to focus on in the draft? First off, Brian, this is one of my pet peeves. You should know this by now. In January, asking draft questions is a little bit irrelevant because free agency is important. So let's rephrase that and say, what are some positions Carolina needs to address this offseason? You know, once we get past the first wave of free agency, then we can talk draft. But they are going to do things in free agency. They're going to lose people. They're going to gain people. I think they need a lot. You know, let's just look at the offense briefly here. I really think that they made a mistake last year, and I think this is a perfect draft to recoup that mistake and not taking a young running back to either groom behind or push Stewart. There's actually been a little bit of talk. He could be a a cap hit, which I don't think that's worthy. I think he's a pretty good player. Um Yeah, I think they need to add a running back. And this isn't in 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 uh terms of priorities. It's just things that need to be looked at. I guess I'm comfortable with the the receivers. I guess. I still have hope for Funchess. The speed guys there is Ginn. Maybe. It wouldn't kill him to add another. Offensive line needs some work, but really they need to find a left tackle. And if they could find... It doesn't sound like there is one, but they pick early. If they could find a, quote, franchise left tackle with that first round pick, because it's not going to happen in free agency... That would be dynamite, and I would take that in a heartbeat if I was Carolina. Um, rest of the offense, I would say, is pretty well intact. The young tight end wouldn't be the end of the world. But Quan Short's a free agent. I'm expecting him not to go anywhere. If he leaves, defensive tackle moves up the list, although they did use a first-round pick at defensive tackle last year. Um, I think they need to get better at defensive end and or re-sign Mario Addison. You know, they're, they're not a big blitz team. They rely a lot on that front four. A dynamic defensive end would certainly be helpful. Uh, Bradbury, the young corner, I thought played well, but could use a safety. And 
So that's a lot of things. I mean, considering that most of those things that I mentioned are starters. You know, I mean, a defensive end, maybe a D tackle, a safety, maybe another corner, a receiver, just as depth, running back to be a future starter, and left tackle. I mean, those things don't grow on trees. So I don't know that the, the Panthers rebound and are 15 and 1 again next year or anything like that. Hot take Higgins. Any chance the Giants draft a successor for Eli in round one or two? I think there's a very good chance. I think that that would be recommended. I thought he fell off dramatically. I know this isn't what you asked, and this show is not all about Steelers, but I was just on a two-hour Steelers show last night, and I've said for a little while that I think this is the year to do it for Pittsburgh as well. Use a day one or day two pick on a quarterback. Of course, assuming one is there you like, you don't just say, we're taking one in round two no matter what. Um, but I think the case is even stronger for the Giants because Ben is outplaying Manning. I say these two because they were drafted together. They're getting up in age. They've taken a beating. Eli's never missed a start. Yes. Um, I think if you get the Sean Kaiser in the first round or something like that, people should be excited about it as opposed to, well, we're missing our window. It's not like they don't need other things, but... Uh, they, <laughs> uh, I think ignoring the quarterback position would be a bad mistake for the Giants. Jerry Linder, does Wade Phillips turn the Rams into a 3-4? And if so, what role does Aaron Donald play? I haven't given the coaching hires enough thought lately, and maybe that's something I've overlooked with you guys. But first of all, I do want to say I love this hire of Wade Phillips. I mean, to go with McDermott because he's so much older and so much more experienced. I mean that in a good way. You know, McDermott's so young and, and never been a head coach. Phillips has actually been a head coach as well. You would think, you know, with his reputation, McDermott just says, take the defense. You know, take, you know the defense is all yours. Um, I'm going to deal with the offensive side of the ball. I've got my, <laughs> my uh, hands full there to begin with. But what does Phillips do? Did I just call him McDermott? It's McVay. I'm sorry. Sean McVay is the new head coach. McDermott is not the head coach of the Rams. I I do know better. You don't need to kill me on Twitter. Um, But yeah, it is Sean McVay. He's very young. I love the hire of Wade Phillips for that reason. But... And the, first off, the lines between 3-4s and 4-3s are blurred. You know, you know, as much nickel as everyone's going to play, Donald's going to play a defensive tackle role no matter what the base scheme is. In this case, I know Phillips is more of a 3-4 guy, but he has such a long history, I'm sure he could do either. I would not alter the base you know, front seven. You know, I, I think that... Quinn is really a 4-3 player. Donald is a true three technique. I think that would be a mistake. And and I don't know the answer, what their plans are. They haven't revealed that as far as I know. But I would keep the scheme as a base 4-3. Jeremy Clark asked me, and a couple people have asked about the Pro Bowl. Um, He asked, is there something interesting that could feasibly be done with the Pro Bowl? Hashtag Twitter Thursday. Um... Other people have asked me, do I watch it? I don't. I haven't watched a snap of the Pro Bowl in a very long time. If my 10-year-old son is into it, I guess it'll be on the TV. I'm not even sure when it's played. I, I know it's this weekend, but I'm not sure when. Is it Saturday to Sunday? I, that's how much I care. I don't care at all. I think the exercise of going out there and actually playing the game is kind of dumb. But you got to do something. I get it. You know, Eifert you know, gets injured in this thing. I mean, that's awful. 
I, as a kid, you know, I was six, seven, eight, ten years old. I loved the skills competition. You know, you watch Vinny Testaverde throw the ball 80 yards or whatever, or accuracy things. You know, hockey does that. Who has the hardest slap shot? Who's the best skaters? Basketball is a dunk contest. I mean, maybe do something along those lines, but, um, yeah, I don't. I have a hard time condoning or, or, or getting behind it. I'm not saying it shouldn't exist, but I, I don't know how you fix it. I, I really don't. Uh, seven, five, seven, six, <laughs> give a grade on the Carolina receiving group, wide receiver group, which goes back to the first question and I would give it a C minus. So, I mean, maybe I should address that more, but I said, I have more hope for Funchess. I've never been a big Benjamin fan, but I think he's a starting receiver. Still, he doesn't separate from anybody. I absolutely think that they have to have a gin like guy in that offense Newton's big arm, run first, play action, take deep shots. How much long can Teddy do it? No, how much longer can Teddy do it? Actually, you know, Teddy went to Ohio State, but uh, just a quick note on him. He visited Pitt and he visited USC um, while I was at Pitt. And his dad is like is a historically well-known great high school coach, Ted Ginn Sr., um, of the Glenville Tarblooders. You've got to love that. They're the Tarblooders right outside Cleveland. Um Troy Smith, Dante Whitner, they've had a lot of, they pump out tons of college talent too. But anyways, yeah, I just let you know that I'm ten, Teddy was a visited pit while I was there and organized that. And good kid, great family, uh, great father too, uh, well known. But they might need to, that shows how old he is though. <laughs> I mean, I'm 43 and I was a GA in a pit quite a while ago and that's when Teddy was coming out of high school. So, they might need to add a speed element to complement, replace Ginn, kind of like we talked about with wide receiver, or at running back, too. Um, so, I give them a C, C-. minus. I thought they would be better, but I think Newton also digressed, too. I mean, his accuracy and mechanics were off. Bobby Donnelly asks, Why would Shanahan take the 49ers job and not wait for a job with better raw materials? By the way, I'm a 49ers fan. Sorry to hear that, Bobby. Unless you're a longtime 49ers fan and you got to enjoy the Montana Young fantastic run. My first thought is money. You know, I mean, head coaching jobs pay well, real well. And there's only 32 of them in the world. You know, you look at it and say, you know, if you actually do trust ownership to keep you and say, I got three years to build this team in my likeness, which, you know, the ownership has not proven that's the case, but... Maybe they commit to you enough financially or commit, you know, recruited you hard enough to do this. But boy, I think it's about the worst job in the league. I mean, I think I'd rather have the Browns job. I mean, it, that's a brutal, brutal acquisition. So I don't know, but I mean, I can't crush anybody for taking a head coaching job. There's only 32 of them. It pays phenomenal. You're in charge of the whole team. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, why wouldn't you? But, and who's to, well, I guess the other part is, who's to say that your stock is still going to be as high a year ago? So in a way, it, it's a bird in the hand. All right, all right, we are back. Greg the Great 21 asked me, give me a list of the true number NFL number one receivers. How many are there? 15, question mark? Um, I'm just going to do this off the top of my head. I'm going to go division by division, team by team. 
Um, starting in the NFC East, Julian Edelman is not to me. So that might be a line of demarcation for you. That I'm talking. There's not. I don't use that term lightly. Anyone that's followed me knows that that I. There is not 32 of them. Every team does not have a number one receiver. Edelman's a very good player, but you can't stick him in any scheme and he would be the man and be highly productive and cause matchup problems, in my opinion. Very good player. They don't have one. So that's zero so far. Buffalo, Sammy Watkins absolutely is. He is staying in the field, but yes, he is a number one receiver. Marshall and Decker are close, and a year ago I might have given both of them the tag. Right now I'm going to say they both fall short after injury, lackluster, extenuating circumstance seasons. So no, I got one so far. Sammy, I'm counting on my fingers, by the way, like I'm at grade school. Miami, Landry to me is too Edelman-like. Parker's not yet there. No, not, but good players, no. Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh, yes. Um, this is going to sound homerish, but Martavis Bryant can be. I can't give it to him now. But if we have this conversation in week eight next year and he's not suspended, I may say Martavis Bryant as well. A.J. Green is more or less the definition of it. Can't give it to Pryor. Can't give it to Coleman. Can't give it to anyone in Baltimore either. No. Indy. I'm going to say Hilton. Not the prototype, but neither is A.B. Really good player. Underrated player. That brings us to four. I'm still going to give it to Allen Robinson. That's five. Can't give it to Moncrief, by the way. Um, Robinson had a down year. Bortles had a down year. We know all those things. But to me, I th- I'll take him as my number one receiver. That's five. Tennessee, no. Houston, Hopkins, with a slight bit of reluctancy. I mean, he's not a great separator, but yeah, he is a number one receiver. That brings us to six. Oakland, Cooper, yes. Crabtree, no. Crabtree's an ideal two. Manny and Demarius, who? I guess I'll give it to Demarius reluctantly because of the size, speed, qualities, but no, I'm not. I, I I still think he's needs to be better to be called a number one receiver, but he's about as close, I think, as I'm going to come. Both those guys were really good. If that's your pair of receivers, you're fine, but a number one, no. KC doesn't have one, including Macklin. I will give it to Keenan Allen, although obviously he's been injured. He's to me and him and Hopkins are similar in that they're not great physical talents. They don't blow by people. They're contested catch receivers, but he's really good at what he does. I'll give it to Allen. So give it to Allen. Didn't give it to Marius. It's close. I mean, there Allen's probably as low as I would go. That brings me to eight, eight in the AFC. All right, let's go to the NFC East. Philly does not have one. The Redskins do not have one. Odell absolutely is one. Dez still is one. So that gives us 10 number one receivers. I can't quite give it to Cooks. I think I one day will give it to Michael Thomas. Can't give it to the guys in Carolina, but I can give it to Evans. That brings us to 11. Tampa, Carolina, Atlanta, Julio, obviously, he's the definition. That brings us to 12. How about the North? 
No for Minnesota. Yes to Alshon Jeffrey. With some inconsistencies mixed in there. But yes to Alshon Jeffrey. Nelson? Yes. I'll give it to Jordy Nelson to make it 14. I wonder if he was in Minnesota, though, what he'd do. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Lions, no. In the West, Baldwin's a really good player, but he's going to fall on the Edelman just outside the line routine. Larry no longer is. Floyd, no. Um, the Rams absolutely don't have one, and the Niners don't either. So you guessed four, 15. I came up with 14 with five fringe guys, including maybe Jordy Nelson, who I gave the nod to. So there you go. Uh, Chad Tanney asked, do you think the ATL offense takes a step back next year if Shanahan splits, which sounds like it's probably going to happen? It almost has to take a step back because the bar is so high. I mean, are they going to average just a number of points? Are they going to abuse defenses at the same pace next year? My hunch would be no, even if they brought back Shanahan and drafted a Pro Bowl guard to replace Chris Chester with. You know, I mean, just because it's hard to keep that up. Um, that's the one position on offense I would look to if I were the Falcons, is to bring in another uh, draft a guard high, a younger guy. But the rest of the offense is pretty much intact. I think it'll be really good. I can't say I know enough about who Shanahan's successor would be. But I would imagine Ryan has this thing down and they're not going to change a whole heck of a lot. They would promote from within most likely. So there you have it. Do the Patriot John uh, at John Boyish, Boye, John, Johnny Boye, do the Patriots have the personnel to match up against the Falcons' offensive personnel? We'll talk about this a lot more, obviously, next week. But my early thoughts are, like they did against Pittsburgh, although Le'Veon Bell was out, I think their defensive tackles are going to control the middle of the field and eliminate a lot of the run threat, especially the inside run threat. And because those tackles are so good, even in base personnel or multiple tight ends or fullback that Atlanta uses so much, I still think we'll see a lot of big nickel um, with three safeties on the field, Chung near the line of scrimmage, maybe him guarding tight ends or running backs out of the backfield. Julio's a massive problem, obviously, and I'm curious if it'll be Malcolm Butler or Logan Ryan on him, but both, I think, should do reasonably well with safety help. So they're going to get theirs, I'm sure, and again, we'll talk about this more, but I do think that this is not as awful of a matchup for New England's defense as you might think, I mean, as this offense is for some others. Tom Vincent asked, do you think he's at Tombo Brewster? Who is your position? Eh, what am I asking here? I got confused. Here we go. Do you think that O-line up there with the top three, you always mention Raiders, Cowboys, Steelers, uh, are the tight? what he's asking over a two-point, two-part tweet is, are the Titans right there with Dallas, Steelers, Raiders as best lines in the league? Uh, I just saw the other day the Pro Football Focus, they do great work. They did a list of their top offensive lines, and Tennessee was one. That surprised me a little bit, but I do think they're in that top five, top seven or eight 
conversation along with Atlanta, along with Green Bay, who we didn't mention. I think New England has a really solid group. Uh, I do think the best three are the ones you mentioned. I would go Dallas, Pittsburgh, Oakland in order of the top three. And I think Tennessee's in the conversation for number four. So, yeah, I mean, uh, that that's good call. Good call. Last question of the day. Um... Oh, by the way, it was Rubalicious who was also asking about the Pro Bowl. Rubalicious, I didn't miss you. You're one of my buds. Uh, Bruce Kennerson asks, I see a lot of mock drafts having Pats taking Christian McCaffrey with Lewis and White, question mark. Why? Uh, good question. You know, obviously we're jumping past free agency. One of my pet peeves going back before, but that's okay. I would think that they would love Christian McCaffrey from what I know about him because he's so versatile. He's such a great receiving threat. It could be an every-down player, but that would shock me. Uh, to be very honest, I mean, I don't think Lewis or White are going anywhere next year. I know Lewis has been injury-prone, and yeah, I guess he's sort of getting up in age. But White's a, num- a pretty nice contingency plan. I don't think he's close to the player Lewis is. And you want three of those guys on your roster? So uh, you can use a 31st or 32nd pick overall on uh, back to – further enhance the two you have, you know, I, I don't think so. Uh, I could see a tight end, you know, in a really tight end he- heavy draft. I could see that being the move or kind of just take best defensive player available. Uh, their pass rushers in particular look like, to me, the biggest weakness of the Patriots is their ability to generate pass rush. Um, if they could find a pure edge pass rushing defensive end, a lot of their guys are older too, guys like Long and, you know, Sheard. Uh, the those would be the two positions, if I were to guess right now, that New England goes in round one would be tight end or defensive end slash edge guy. All right, all right. Fun show. Tomorrow we'll do more of a senior bowl practice recap. And that'll do it. Over and out.